This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Uh, let's get to these retired numbers. This is why delaying this Rico turned out to be really, really good. I didn't see this one coming. Joe B's been yelling about it for about two years. It's been more than two years, but ever since the Mets reopened the idea of retiring numbers, Keith Hernandez, Jerry Kuzman, I know Beningo's been screaming about it, and I've, I've understood. Uh, in the past, I have been anti-retiring numbers. I like the fact that the Mets had this very tough standard for retiring numbers. I lost the debate. So that's the way I look at it. Because Sal was even asking me earlier, he said, are you still anti-retiring numbers? And I said, well, here's the problem. I liked the bar they had for former players. I liked the idea of you better be a Hall of Famer. You better have spent your entire career with the team. Otherwise, I'm not just retiring a number. I lost like I, I lost the debate. Jerry Kuzman didn't qualify for that. His number's retired. Keith Hernandez didn't qualify for that. His number's retired. So for me to continue with the same archaic thought would be a waste of time. It's already been blown open. So now that you've retired Kuzman's number, now that you've retired Keith's number, I have a, a zero issue with retiring Doc and Darrell's number. I think what the Mets have shown with these recent retired numbers is that 1969 and 1986 really matter. And if you were a part of a championship team, we're going to relook at your legacy and decide, hey, maybe you should have your number retired. So when it comes to 1986, they broke the, uh, what's it called? They broke the something, the barrier. I was going to say something sexual, but I probably shouldn't. Broke the, uh, the bro- they broke something by retiring Keith's number. They said, okay, here's your first guy from 1986. Now they go Dak and Doc and Daryl. The only issue I have, and I, I can't even say it's an issue because they'll probably get it right eventually, is there was a Hall of Famer on the 86 Mets. There was a guy who thought of himself as the captain of the 86 Mets. And that guy's Gary Carter. So Keith, yes. Doc, yes. Daryl, yes. But this le- legitimately leads to the next guy, and the next guy's Gary Carter. So what this has done... And I'm not complaining about it. I'm analyzing. That's all I'm doing right now. Is it's opened up the floodgates to more guys. Once you retire Kuzman, you got to retire Keith. Once you retire Keith, you got to go Doc and Darrell. Once you go Doc and Darrell, you got to go Gary Carter. I think that will inevitably happen. Unfortunately, because Gary is no longer with us, they probably don't feel like there's any rush. It sucks to say that. That's the truth. Doc and Daryl are with us right now. Retire their numbers. So I'm happy for Doc and Daryl. They're a huge part of the history of this franchise. Doc Gooden was my first favorite Met growing up. I started to understand baseball as Daryl was leaving. That's where I'm at with Daryl Strawberry. And I always, growing up, had this hope that they would bring him back. 
that he would be able to finish his career with the New York Mets. That did not happen. We know about his legacy with the Yankees, which is just, what can you do? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't blame Doc or Darrell for it. George Steinbrenner wanted to collect 86 Mets. He also was, I think, deep down a good guy. Like, deep down, I think he wanted to help these guys. So I do respect that and appreciate that. But, yes, it does pain me that Doc and Darrell were Yankees. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. It, it sickens me that Doc couldn't return to Shea Stadium as a New York Yankee in 2000. It does. It sickens me that Yankees Angels at Shea Stadium when the beam fell, Darrell's hitting a fly ball to left center field, and the home run apple's starting to come up. Like, that. all that stuff sickens me. With that said, they are legendary Mets. They don't win the 86 World Series without them. In a lot of ways, they're the faces of the 86 Mets. So, congratulations to Doc and Darrell. I have lost the argument when it comes to retired numbers, so no. I have no ill will towards those guys getting their numbers retired. But don't you like the fact that it's the history of the Mets is now really being more prominent? I know it sucks that it's always like, well, just the 86 and 69 team, really, that we always talk about. But the reality is, is like, you know, you do have to highlight those those moments and those players, because other, otherwise there is no history. Like we could talk about like the the '93 team and some bad Bobby Bonilla teams and whatever the case is. You know, we could talk about David, David Wright and the Jose Reyes woulda, coulda, shoulda. But the reality is, it's just the '86 really re- in recent years that we can really talk about and highlight, and especially be, the guys that are around still. So I think it's it's important. And listen, I understand there's a battle, and I understand like the. Hey, it makes it feel more special because we have such a limited, you know, limited history of people getting into the Hall of Fame and retiring their number and all that other stuff. But I think it's important just to kind of open that. And that's what I said. Like David Wright's going to get in. Like they're going to retire his number. Soon. I was. I would have always been in favor of David because I think he was kind of like the Mattingly of the Mets. Career Met. Career ended unfortunately early due to injury. Was a tremendous player. But I, look, I can't relitigate the argument. I lost. I'm good with it now. It's not like I protest these retired Jersey Knights and say, ooh, I hate it. No, I mean, it is what it is. It it sort of bothers me, though, that for the last few years, knowing this was going to happen, because deep down, once they retired Kuzman's number, you knew it'll be Keith, it'll be Doc, it'll be Daryl, it will be Gary, it'll be David. Those are the guys I'm pretty comfortable with. They'll retire the numbers of. Why, why do you give out Doc Gooden's number last year to Travis Jankowski. I'm serious. Why last year do you give Daryl Strawberry's number out to Nick Plummer? Like, why? That's the only thing that sort of bothers me. Like, I can't argue about Paula Duca wearing it in 2006 because it was a long time ago. Or Rick Ankiel wearing it in 2013. Or Dice K wearing 16. Or Alejandro Diazzo. Like, I can't argue that because it, was, it wasn't clear then. Like, I didn't know, none of us knew during the Wilpon era that this all of a sudden was going to change. And by the way, the Wilpon started this change. We, we can't ignore that. They were owners when Kuzman's number got retired. So if we're just being fair about this, I don't look at this as a, hey, Steve Cohen changed it. Howie Rose probably changed it. Howie's got a lot of influence in that, uh, that committee, and that's fine, by the way. That's great. I'm glad Howie and Gary are Mets Hall of Famers. They deserve it. It's just strange to me to think back to all the horrible Mets. Horrible Mets that were 18 and 16 over the last 30 years. Like, it wasn't even good Mets. Like, horrible Mets that wore these numbers that will never be worn again. That kind of annoys me. Wasn't the same thing with Keith, too? Like, they went through, like, yes. the, it was uh, a parade of, of crap <laughs> that basically had more than number yeah. 17. Like, no one's worn five. Right. Because we all knew. 
No, basically, nobody wore 24. But 24 had been basically retired for a long time by the Mets without it officially being retired. So I'm happy for uh, Doc and Daryl. We'll do some more podcasts about retired numbers because I'm sure a lot of people have other ideas on who should be retired. I should retire this number, that number, this number, that number. Oh, one last thing because it pains me to talk. But it's good to talk because I've said more words on this Rico than I have in the last four days. So I've certainly, uh, I'm getting back in the swing of things. Edwin Diaz continues to throw off a bullpen mound. I'll say this again. If the doctors approve it, and it means a lot to Diaz to be on a major league mound, put him on a major league mound. Obviously, if there's a greater risk to re-injuring himself, he shouldn't be on a major league mound. I don't think that's the case. I think he's made an incredibly speedy recovery, and if for him, coming back, even if it's one major league inning last weekend of the season, if that's something for him saying, hey, I made it back, then I got no issue with it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I Listen, I can't disagree with you on that. If it's for him, if it's only for him, if it's like, a, hey, Edwin, do you want to pitch the last week? Do you, you think you can be good enough to get, get in there and you know give the fans something? I don't want it to be about the fans. I don't want it to be about anything else but Edwin Diaz. That's, that's really what it comes down to. I, look, we talked about this before. I, I do not need him to get hurt getting rushed back for a week. But he's not being rushed back. I know. Well, that's what they say. I mean, he's throwing off a bullpen mound. Like, he's he's recovering from his injury. Um, I don't get the sense he's being rushed. He's just he's made a an incredibly quick comeback. And because he's a reliever and he doesn't have to build himself up that much, returning is not that crazy. And also, let's say he the Mets announced, you know what, he'd be ready for a rehab assignment in two weeks. Why not just have it at the major league level? Like, what the hell's the difference? We've said that before in the past about rehab assignments. He's a reliever. Come out, throw an inning. If you give up six runs, who cares? Do you think the fan base will go back to... Because remember, look how long it took for him to be like a, a, a relief pitcher that the fans could get behind. Oh, they love him. If he goes out there for a week or two and gets shelled, think people are going to start being like, oh, crap, what do we got here? Nah, because I think 70% of Mad fans have checked out. <laughs> I really do. I think that we we as the diehards are the only ones still watching for the most part or going to games. No, I don't think you would lose confidence in Met fans. I think you'd get a, a monstrous standing ovation, that's for sure. I think you'd have an emotional return to City Field with those trumpets playing. Oh, my God. Well, listen, I have the bobblehead. Did you get, did you get the bobblehead, by the way, or no? No. Oh, you missed out. It was awesome. It, 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 Which we, game was that again? That was the Tuesday versus the Pirates. 
Yeah, and I couldn't go to that series. Uh, we were doing shows from Jet and Giant Camp. I didn't have enough time to go. Right, no. Yeah, I got Real quick before, because I know you want to, if you you don't, you can lay out here. <laughs> I just have to say something. Go ahead. Because there is a new team now that's taken pet that has surpassed the Braves as the heated rival. It is now the Milwaukee Brewers. I screw them. Oh, I, yeah, the I, Pete Alonzo thing. I'm glad you brought that up. I apologize. Yeah, I, I, yeah. they are now enemy number one because I understand the whole thing. They don't want to give up David Stearns. He's somebody that, that clearly is an asset to them. He wants out of there. He wants to come to here. I understand all that stuff. But the fact that they leaked all that news about Pete Alonso to try to basically you know, cause more chaos in the Mets locker, uh, F them. We are going to crush them the first series next year and the last series of the season. Well, first of all, it shows you how my mind is still not completely there. I was going to leave that completely out of this podcast because I forgot. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's a good job. That could have been a freaking open. We got started with that. Um, I agree with you that that was probably leaked by the Brewers, the Ken Rosenthal report, that they were within a field goal of trading him to Milwaukee. But here's what's clearly true. They shopped them. They shopped them. They shopped them at the trade deadline. They decided not to trade them. They didn't get a good enough return in their mind. But that does scare me that they're going to shop them again. Yeah, Am I but, wrong? No, but, but wait a second. It's like when they used to do the waiver wire trades. They used to put everyone on waivers. And yeah, they no, pulled them off. I, I, get, I get that more guys are shopped than we realized. I do. But there's clearly something. And I don't think it's locker room related. I think it's value related. That the Mets are not as in love with Pete Alonso as we, the fans, are. The most important question that has not been answered, have they talked about a contract? That's what I want to know. If they have not talked about a contract, I'd be incredibly worried. If they've talked about a contract, then I would get it. Then I'd say, okay, they're far away on a deal. The Mets are just shopping just to see, and we'll see how this goes. We'll see how, we'll see if... Alonzo moves off on his demands if the Mets move off on what they're willing to offer. But if there's been no contact between the two in regards to a long-term contract, and that hasn't been reported because no one's talking, which I guess is good for Alonzo and good for the Mets. They want to keep that stuff secret. But that's the most important piece of news that I want to know about Pete. Have they actively had any discussion about a long-term contract? Um, Here's what scares me about trading Pete Alonzo. You could take the Milwaukee Brewer farm system and say, well, the Brewers are not going to trade their top five prospects. That's not realistic. Is there a deal headlined by one or two of their prospects that would make you say, oh, that's such a good deal. I got to go make it. And here's what scares me. Prospects are still prospects. Like when you get prospects for 40-year-old Justin Verlander and 39-year-old Max Scherzer, it's easy to say, yeah, they're prospects, they're lottery tickets. But again, look what you're trading away. You're trading away a guy or guys that maybe have a year or two left in them. That's it. When you trade Pete and you don't sign him, you're trading away potentially 10 years that a guy has for lottery tickets. And that's why when you look at the history of all of these trades, like I saw Brandon tweet that out the other day about all these stars that have been traded. What I think he realizes, and we should all realize, is, yeah, all those trades sucked for the teams that traded those guys. So I think his overall point was, of course you could trade Pete Alonso. These other guys were traded. Yeah, I mean, no one's saying you can't trade him. But those returns of top-level prospects turned into what? That's scary, man. That's what's so frightening about it. Like, even think about the return they got for R.A. Dickey. 
And I'm not comparing Alonzo to Dickey at all. I'm comparing to how pumped we were about the return. Like, oh, my God, can you believe it? They got Travis Darnot. They got Noah Syndergaard. And they got this awesome outfield prospect. This trade is amazing. Okay, now it's been a decade. How amazing was it? Like, Darnot was okay. Syndergaard was good for a while. They're both gone. So if that was your return for a Pete Alonso, we'd be sickened. We'd be disgusted. And that's the thing. The bar on what you need to get back for someone so as reliably good as Pete Alonso is stupidly high. Like, you don't just have to hit on a prospect. You got to hit them into a star. Because if not, you got worse. That's the pro- That's why it's so effing risky, and I don't love it. Like, you want to take phone calls? Fine, take phone calls. But even a prospect-rich deal seems to be so insanely risky as opposed to locking this man up long-term. I mean, I don't understand. Like People think that 40 and 100 just, just, you know, just grow on trees. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen the way that Pete Alonso pulls it off. And again, we've talked about, you and I specifically talked about how good his defense has, has become recently. It's getting better. He's only getting better. If you trade him now, I get that that his... His, or if you try to trade him now, I get that you know you're getting value or as much value as you possibly can because you know maybe it's a problem. But he's, I don't need to see him in a different jersey. And we talk about the history, retired numbers. Like this guy, like we said, we, he's going to break so many records as a Met. Why? What are we? What are we really well, doing here? There's there's two aspects. There's the emotional aspect, which I didn't even bring up. You just did, and it's great. And I don't think you're wrong. There's the emotional aspect, and then there's just the baseball aspect. And the baseball aspect is really, really risky. Because like I laid out, you acquire prospects, lottery tickets, for the hope. For the hope that, yeah, they'll be half as good as Pete Alonso, who's already proven what he is. And like you said, he's getting better and better and better. So I don't love it. It scares me that they've had conversations about it. I do agree it was leaked by Milwaukee. And I would hope... That if David Stearns really is taking over, and I think he is, I think we all think he is, that you would allow him to make that decision, you know, as opposed to trading him to Milwaukee before he ever took over. Now, that's not the case. It's not happening, at least for now. But I am nervous about the future of Pete Alonso, and I think that building a championship team becomes even more difficult with Pete not here. I really do. I think he's a tremendous baseball player that's very difficult to replace, And I haven't even brought up the emotional aspect of it that you're right about. We'll spend a lot more time on this as obviously the days and weeks go by. We apologize for not getting into any of the emails. We will. Coming up on our next pod, you can email us, thericob at gmail.com. Thank you to Paul Rosenberg and Pete Hoffman. Did a great job last week filling in. I'm sorry for letting people down. All right? I was really – I thought I was going to die. That's how sick – that's pretty dramatic, though. He he looks great, guys, by the way. He looks perfect. (laughs) He's just he's just playing hooky. He wanted to take some time away from us. Oh, trust me, trust me. I love my family, but uh, no, I uh, I was not looking to I was not looking to get away from you or the show. But uh, I'm back at least on WFN for a few days, and uh, we'll be back with more Ricos. Maybe we'll even give you a bonus Rico because I feel so bad. But thank you for listening and downloading to this a little bit late edition of Rico Brilliant. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.